Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're headed to Joshua chapter uh, 24 this morning, and I'm uh, thrilled to share this Word uh, today. The title of my message is Be Intentional. Be intentional. Tell your neighbor, be intentional. You know, I was thinking about uh, all of the stuff that I've eaten this week and uh, what this next week brings. And, you know, so many times I was telling the uh, senior life group this morning, I had the unexpected privilege of being able to share uh, the word with them this morning. Uh, Brother John was sick, and that's no privilege for him. And uh, we're praying for him. Uh, but I had the privilege of sharing the word this morning, and I was, it, it was uh, one of those things that uh, when the enemy intends for evil, God will turn around and use for the good, because the lesson was um, the title of our theme for 2019. And uh, I opened the book up when I got to the church this morning and turned to that, and it was the exact thing that I had shared with the staff and that I've shared with a few others of what God's put in my heart for 2019. So the senior life group class, they have the inside scoop of what the Lord's telling us to do in 2019, and if you want to know, I'll see you in a couple weeks, all right? And uh, I'll share it with you, but uh, I'm really excited about the things that, that God is doing in our church right now. Um, the things that he's been preparing us for and the things that he's been doing. But as I was thinking about this week and I was, I was talking to uh, the life group class, I said, you know, it's amazing to me all the different things that we, when you think about our, our, you think about our life, uh, you know, we come to this time of the year and even if you're not someone who sets a New Year's resolution, um, we, we all at least think about it. You know, we think about those people that have set New Year's resolutions. How many of you, you every year you set a New Year's resolution? You just be honest. You just raise your hand. Okay. How many of you never set a New Year's resolution? Raise your hand. Oh, good. Okay. All right. How many of you have ever in the past set a New Year's resolution and you failed to meet that resolution? Okay, good. So you're like me. You gave up on the resolution a long time ago. It's like, Jesus, if we're going to do this, just help me do it. And uh, it doesn't have to be January 1st. It can be May 1st. It can be June 31st. It can be just, Lord, you know, when? Tell me. Let's go. But, you know, every time we get to this time of year, I think about, I think about that. I think about uh, so many different people and I often get asked the question, well, have you made any resolutions for this new year? And uh, are there any things that you're wanting to do? And I think if all of us were honest, we've thought about those things. Maybe we haven't made resolutions, but we've at least thought about those things. And I thought, you know, in order for us to be able to actually fulfill those resolutions, we have to be intentional about them. In order for us to see any decision that we make be fulfilled, we have to be intentional. We can have a good idea, but if we don't take steps to bring that idea to life, it never happens. I can make a plan to clean my house in the order that I'm going to clean it, but the truth is, is as good as my plan is and as thought out as it is, if I don't get up off my chair and go and clean, my good idea is just a good idea. My plan is just a good plan. 
And I am convinced that God has called every single one of us into such a place with Him as believers, as children of God, as those who've said yes to His plan of salvation in our life, that there are things that He wants us to experience. There are things that He wants us to encounter. There are promise that he ha- promises all throughout His Word that He has for us to receive. But in order for us to do that, we have to be intentional about being obedient to what He's called us to do in order to experience those things. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. You're with me. Not only that, but in order to experience the blessings of God and to live a life that is blessed by God, there are some things that have to happen, that have to take place. I was thinking about those resolutions and I thought, you know, just as much as those are important, so are our priorities. If you're going to have a a list of responsibilities or things that you have to do, there's a set of priorities that have to happen. There's a set of things that have to take place, but then you have to be intentional about making those happen. I, I know you hear me say all throughout the year, uh, all, all throughout services, read the Word of God. There's no substitute for reading the Word of God. And I say it over and over and over and over again. And some of you are like, Connor, I read the Word every day. Why do you keep telling me that? And some of you are like, I struggle with that. And some of us are like, I haven't ever gotten into uh, a habit of doing that. And the reason that I say it over and over again is because like everything, if we're not intentional about doing it, it never gets done. And there are some things in life that if you're not intentional about it and it doesn't get done, it may not be the end of the world. But as a believer, if we're not intentional about the presence of God, if we're not intentional about the Word of God, if we're not intentional about the plans and the promises of God in our life, then we are robbing ourselves, we are robbing our families, we're robbing the world around us of what could be and what would be if we would be intentional about what He has already said and what He has already done. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life missing out on the blessings, the promises, and the things that God has for me because I wasn't intentional about being obedient and seeing them come to pass. Amen? I don't want to miss out. Tell your neighbor, don't miss out. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Tell him you look good. Wake up. Praise God. Joshua chapter 24, I, I was, as I was talking to the Lord about this and was praying about it, it's so important because it ties into what our theme for 2019 is as a church. And our theme is, when I say our theme, I mean uh, just the direction that God has placed on me. For this last year, we've had three verses that we've been praying as a church. We've been praying John 16, 33, in this life you will face trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We've been praying Malachi chapter 3 verse number 10, and, uh, and just been believing for God's promises, believing for the fulfillment of that as we test God and what He's called us to. And then uh, one of my favorites that the Lord gave me was Exodus thirty-three eighteen. Now, Lord, show me your glory. And we've just been praying those verses. We've been believing those. We've been, uh, been intentional about including those throughout the year. But as we get ready to go into 2019, the verse that the Lord has just had on my heart over and over and over again, I'm going to share with you in a couple weeks. And in order for us to do that, we have to be intentional about it. We have to be intentional about it. Because if we're not intentional about it, then it will never 
come to pass. We will miss out on the blessings and on the promises that God has for our life. God has done so many incredible things all throughout the history of the world, all throughout our lives, but so many times there are many other things that we could experience if we would be intentional about what he said and what he spoke. In Joshua chapter 24, verse number 1 says this, Then Joshua assembled all Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. I gave him Isaac, and, I, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. Tell your neighbor, he'll always bring you out. Mm, think about that for just a moment. He'll always bring you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians, then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand." Listen, verse number, verse number 10, if you don't have that highlighted, underlined, marked, written down somewhere, you need to. But I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Go ahead and mark verse number 9 too, because here's the thing. When the enemy comes against you and tries to curse your life, when you belong to the Lord, God will take every attempt and turn around and bless your life. Tell your neighbor, I'm living in the blessings of God. <laughs> then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build. And you live in them, and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord, and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt and from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord 
because he is our God. I love what verse number 19 says. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he's been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws, and Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone, and he set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God." Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we dive into your word this morning, that, Lord, we will hear exactly what you are speaking to our hearts. I pray your anointing would flow in this place through me, that, God, I would speak your words and your words alone, that, God, your glory would rest in this house, that even as we dive into the word, that healing would begin to manifest all across this place. God, that freedom would begin to, to happen all across, Lord, this room and those that are listening. I pray that marriages would be restored and families would be reunited. I pray that the walls of division would be shattered, that racism would be destroyed, that there would be freedom for the word of God to go forth, that depression would cease, and that joy would be poured out. God, I pray that people in this room, Lord, who have faced depression, who have been overwhelmed with the weight of the world, would laugh, God, like they have never laughed before in their life. I pray they'd be sore from how hard they've laughed because of the joy of God that you're restoring to them. I pray for the peace of God over for those that are troubled this morning, Lord, that they would be reminded that you are for them and not against them. And Lord, we would go from this place rejoicing in the word of the Lord and the promises of what you have declared over us, your people, and that we would see the fulfillment of your plan. God, as your kingdom comes and your will is done on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I, uh, as I read through this, this word, I just... It was so hard for me to contain my excitement because of what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Because there's something powerful that happens when the people of God become intentional. The, the definition of intentional is done on purpose. Done on purpose. It's, it's the decision that's made to do what needs to be done Whatever it takes. It's the, it's the, it's the absolute all-in determination that I'm going to see this happen. I, I don't know about you, but I have met some intentional people before. You met, have you met some intentional people? That it doesn't matter what you tell them, they're just going to do what they're going to do. Some people call it hard-headed. Any hard-headed people in the room? You're just bound and determined. You're just going to do it your way, and it doesn't matter what anybody says. I, I have been accused of being hard-headed. My mom's here this morning, and so I'm going to have to behave. Um, but I have been accused of being hard-headed. I don't think I was ever hard-headed as a child. 
And, uh, but, you know, I know you've known some hard-headed children, right? You know, and I got to thinking about, I got to thinking about some of those things, and there's, there's a difference between something that's done intentionally and something that's done unintentionally. I don't want to talk about me this morning, so I'm going to talk about my nephew. Um, he, he loves to test his boundaries. He's, he's at that perfect age. If you don't know my nephew, his name's Titus. He's a cute little boy, and uh, he's not here today. He's on vacation with his parents, but he, um, he is just like his father. And so, and uh, if anyone tells you that he's like me, don't believe him. It's a lie. And so, but he loves to test his limits. When you tell him no, he looks at you like this. Titus, don't touch that. Don't touch this. <laughs> There's a moment that he was unintentionally about to do something that he suddenly intentionally decided that he was going to go ahead and do it. I don't know if you ever have those moments. If maybe you're like Paul and you put childish ways behind you when you became uh, a man or a woman and you grew up and you left those things behind. But I know I have found myself doing some things intentionally that brought about great benefits and other things that I did intentionally that was just a lack of me using common sense. And in those moments, as I reflect on those, I think about how how true it is for us as the body of Christ to be intentional about what God has called us to do. Because the thing is, is when we become intentional about seeing His plan and His promises fulfilled, there's something powerful that begins to happen in our life. When we become unsatisfied with the current situation and circumstances of our life, and we make a decision to run after what God has called us to I don't know about you, but I don't, want to, I don't want to be content with what I have or what I can do on my own ability, but rather I want to run after the things that God has and the things that He has declared are available for every single one of us. Number one this morning, if we're going to be intentional, we have to recognize where we've been. Recognize where we've been. I love, I love that when, when, when you see this account that Joshua gives to the people, when he calls them, he, he recognizes where they have been as a nation. He looks back on their time where they were captive, where they were slaves to the Egyptian people, when they were stuck in bondage for so many years, but then God stepped in and he delivered them. But then when God delivered them, it wasn't just a temporary jailbreak, but he literally ruined every chance for the oppressor to ever come back and oppress again. Then when he led them into the wilderness, even there, while they were grumbling and complaining and griping and carrying on, he provided for them. He supplied them with everything that they needed. He reminds, I love that Joshua goes through and he reminds, some of us need to recognize, we need to remember where it is that we've been. I don't know about you, but I know some of the places that I've been. I know some of the places that I've faced. I know some of the trials that I've gone through. I know some of the things that I've endured. Some of us in this room could probably share some pretty powerful stories about where you've been and where Jesus brought you to. I love the way that the psalmist David said it. He said, he picked me up out of the mud, out of the mire, and he set my feet on a solid rock. Joshua reminds the people of God of where they've been before they make a decision about where they're going. 
before they can be intentional about what it is that's before them, they need to remember, they need to recognize where they've been. Remember where you were before the Lord came. Remember what you faced before God stepped in on the scene. When we are to make a decision to be intentional, we need to recognize where we've been. The enemy in all of his attempts to steal, kill, and destroy is still no match for God who has set up to bring about life. The enemy in all of his attempts to try to take from you the very promise and gift of God failed when Jesus stepped into your life and introduced you to love that was beyond anything you had ever imagined before in your life and peace that you couldn't even begin to understand and joy that was totally unspeakable yet full of the glory of God. Why? Because in those moments we realized that while we were bound and in captivity, while we were miserable and all alone, when we felt like the world was against us and nothing was ever going to be right, Jesus stepped in on the scene and said, I've got a plan for your life. I've called you. I've chosen you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were picked thousands of years ago when I went to the cross and said, I want you. When I paid the price so that you could experience life, remember where you've been because when you decide about what's in front of you, and choose to be intentional, you can recount the blessings and the faithfulness of God. Amen? Tell your neighbor, remember where you've been. Understand that in remembering where you've been, it doesn't define where you're going. Where you've been doesn't define where you're going. There's only one that defines, and his name is Jesus. Don't let your past, your failures, your mistakes rob you of running after what God has called you to. Every promise in the Word of God is available to those that will believe. To those that will say yes to what He's called us to do. But in order for us to receive, we've got to be intentional about being obedient to what He said. Because every promise has a process. Every promise has a process. Tell your neighbor, I've got a promise. Isn't it exciting when you've got something that you're looking forward to? Isn't it great when you're looking forward to something? You're like, oh man, it can be the smallest things. You know, it can be, it can be the smallest things. Like that fish sandwich at McDonald's after church. How many of you like the fish sandwich at McDonald's? Yeah, all right. How many of you think we're disgusting? Yeah. Okay, see, there's honest people in the room. How many of you just don't care? How many of you don't have a hand and you're not going to raise it no matter what I say or what question I ask? Yeah, that's what I thought. Sugar comas, this is what I was talking about. They're all still stuck. I love the fish sandwich. There are times when I'm in such a hurry and I'm like, oh, I, just, I need something quick. And I get to thinking about it and I'm like, the fish sandwich, it's the bun. It's the bun, right? How many of you, that, it's the, the bun of the fish sandwich is incredible. And then the, the fish, it's flaky on the outside and soft on the inside. And it's like they have the perfect amount of tartar sauce that goes on it. It's the little things in life. It's the little things in life. You know, or, or you think about, you, you think about, you know, a, a vacation that's coming up. Or you think about, uh, you, you think about just that day off from work that's in your future. Uh, for kids, you think about, you know, when you can finally be an adult. 
stop dreaming about that. Just enjoy it. Just soak it all up because the bills are coming. All right. The bills are coming. You know, but, you know, you have, we have those things. It's like, I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to that with anticipation. Why? Because it's the hope that you have of experiencing those things, of having those things for so many of us, looking forward to, to the holidays, to being, with, to being with friends or with family. And for those of us that have those, those simple things in life, those small things that we love, that we look forward to. But it's in those moments when we look forward to those things, we remember, that we have a promise. With Jesus, when we look forward to the things that we have with Him, we have a promise that is yet to be fulfilled. If you can't think of one promise in the Word of God that's for you, remember this. As a child of God, you have eternal life. And if that doesn't give you reason to rejoice, I don't know what will. Because I can tell you, heaven's a whole lot better than any fish sandwich you'll ever eat. Amen? Amen? Better than any dessert you'll ever have, any vacation you'll ever take, any time that you'll have with your family, any event that you'll ever do or be a part of, any dream job that you'll ever work, any dream house that you'll ever build or you'll ever live in. Every single thing that you can think of on this earth pales into comparison to what Jesus has in store for those of us that believe. But in order for us to receive the promise, we've got to be intentional about the process. We've got to recognize where we've been so that we can see what God has called us to and know where we're going. Secondly, we have to realize the challenge. Realize the challenge. Tell your neighbor there's a challenge. Set. For some, it's save money. For other, New Year's resolutions that people often set. For some, it's save money. For others, to school. For others, for others there's a list of all these things. Clean out the storage room, you know, rearrange the closets, spring clean this year because I didn't last year. And, you know, all of these different things that we have. But with every single, with every single decision we make to do something, there's often a challenge that's associated with it. Some of those are smaller challenges. Others of those are bigger challenges. But the truth is, is the end result will never happen if we're never intentional about paid my gym membership pass. I joked often, oftentimes and said, you know, I paid my gym membership, but nothing ever happened. They drafted that membership right out of my account, but I never saw any changes. Why? Because I was never intentional about going to the gym. You can pay that bill every single month, but if you don't get up out of bed and go, if you don't make time after work and go, if you don't arrange it in your schedule and go, then it's never going to happen. We are so good at justifying the excuses and the reasons as to why we can't do it, but the truth is, is if it's going to happen, then we have to become intentional about it. Making the decision, no matter what, this is what I'm going to do. It's making the decision that I understand the challenge that's in front of me, but I refuse to let the challenge rob me of the promise and the result that's in front of me. Why? How can I realize the challenge? I can remember, I can, I can remember the promise that comes as a result. Why? The challenge that we face, the challenge that we go through in life, and, and the challenges that we come up against, every single one that we go through, there's a promise from the Word of God that He has for us, and there's reminders all throughout His Word of how to overcome. 
I need to recognize that, yes, there is a challenge, but I also need to be intentional about fulfilling it. Joshua makes a declaration that that he and his household are going to serve the Lord, and the people respond, so will we. And he says, you can't. Now, I love their response because they said the same thing that probably most of us would, and it was, yes, we can. (laughs) But Joshua's statement in that was not to discourage them from doing it, but to make sure that they understood the challenge that was associated with it. It's one thing for us to say, I'm going to serve God, and another thing to live it when we walk out the door. My mom always told me, actions speak louder than words. You can say it, but what you do will define it. Do you really believe it? Do you really mean it? We've got a whole lot of people in the world today that say they believe it, but then they're never actually living it out and experiencing it because when the challenge comes, it's just too hard. No matter what obstacle is in front of us, if we want the reward that's attached with the the outcome of the challenge, if we'll press through, if we'll push forward, if we'll take that head on, we will receive the reward in full. But with every single dream that we have, with every single desire that we have, there's a challenge that we face in order to be able to take hold of it. It's just, it's like what I say all the time. When God lays it on our heart to do something, if we're obedient, He'll bless us. But oftentimes it's exciting when God says it and we hear about the promise. It's another thing when we got to wake up tomorrow and write the check. Well, that felt real good in church yesterday morning. Jesus... When we have to have the conversation, I felt the Lord tell me I was supposed to call him or I was supposed to call her or I was supposed to talk to them. I'm excited about it. And then the moment comes where you pick up the phone or they're calling or you walk into work and they're standing there or you come home and they're there and you're supposed to say what God's put on your heart to say, but you just don't know how it's going to be taken. The challenge is there. And most often time, more oftentimes than not, when the challenge arises, our response is to back down in fear. Because the challenge is too great. The fear of failure is too great. But the great thing about the love of God is that not only does it drive out fear, but it also empowers us as believers to stand in the authority of the Holy Spirit and to declare with the Word of God that we can overcome. That no matter what challenge we face or what obstacle we go through, if we're obedient, that God will fulfill His Word and His promises to our lives. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, realize the challenge. Realize the challenge, but understand this. There is no challenge that with God cannot be overcome. How can we realize the challenge? We treasure the reward. Tell your neighbor, treasure the reward. It's like what Jesus can instill for where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. Why? Because Jesus knew that if you made what could not be touched by the enemy your treasure, when you would treasure the rewards that he had to offer, that for the enemy they were untouchable. See, when God makes a promise, he fulfills it to you, and the enemy can't do anything to stop it. 
resources that God has given us, the challenges begin to shrink. I could feel it as I was talking about it when I made the point, realized the challenge. I could, I, I could feel the heaviness in the room lit. I could just feel it increase. You feel the pressure that was, that was building. Some of you were thinking about some of the challenges. You know the things that God has said. You know the things that God has spoken. You know the things that God has told you. And you could feel the weight of that challenge. But something happens when you begin to treasure the promise that God has given you. Suddenly the challenge begins to shift. Suddenly your challenge, the one who promised the huge mountain that was in front of you, begins to shrink because you recognize that the one who promised you is greater than any mountain greater than any challenge, greater than any difficulty, greater than any, any force of the enemy, greater than any lie of man, greater than any attempt of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. Because what happens is the more that you treasure the promise, the greater that power and anointing and glory of God in your life increases because your focus shifts from the challenge to the treasure, from the challenge to the treasure on the obstacle that's in front of me. My eyes are not fixed on how hard it's going to be, how tough it's going to be, but my eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. I will fix my eyes on Him and I will run with unstoppable determination. Why? Because that's when mountains become into small pebbles in my way and I can step with full authority and victory in the name of Jesus and watch those challenges begin to shrink because I know that He who is in me is greater than He who is in the world. That my flesh is no match for the Spirit of God. That if I'll make the declaration today I'm going to serve the Lord that no matter what comes my way, the enemy cannot, the enemy will not, the enemy has no power, the world has no power to stop me from seeing the promise fulfilled. Tell your neighbor, treasure the promise. Realize the challenge, but treasure the promise. Why? Because if you'll treasure the promise, if you'll treasure the promise of God, if you'll treasure what he's spoken, the challenges will cease to control your life. We have way too many people in the body of Christ in the United States of America that are controlled by the challenge. Oh, I shouldn't have gone there. I said, we have way too many people in the body of Christ that are controlled by the challenge. I am sick and tired of the challenge dictating to the church how the church is supposed to be. The church is the one that's going to drive back the kingdom of darkness. The challenge isn't going to drive the church. The kingdom of darkness isn't going to drive the church. The church is going to drive back the kingdom of darkness. We are more than conquerors. We are more than victorious. I am sick and tired of us looking at the challenge and deciding that it's too big, that it's too great. I think I'll just hold on to my seat and slide right into glory. I'm ready for the church to stand up and say, there ain't a challenge too big, there ain't a lie too great, there ain't a force too powerful, you cannot have, you will not have, you cannot do what you think you've come to do. We will overcome. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Tell your neighbor, treasure the promise. The fear of what could happen, of what might happen, of how we might fail, of how we can't overcome, of how we can't do it. I love, love, love that the people responded to Joshua the way that they did. Thirdly, this morning, if you're going to be intentional, you've got to refuse to settle. Tell your neighbor, refuse to settle. Verse number... I love what he says in verse number 14. He says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. 
throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If you're going to be intentional about serving the Lord, if you're going to be intentional about seeing the promises of God fulfilled, if you're going to be intentional about making those things happen, there are some things that you are going to have to say no to. Tell your neighbor, learn the power of no. We got way too many people that say yes to everything. I'm one of the worst. God has been teaching me this lesson for years. We say yes to everything because we feel this pressure that we have to say yes. (laughs) No. No. We have to learn to say yes to what the Lord tells us to say yes to and no to what the Lord tells us to say no to. And be obedient and trust the Lord even when it doesn't make sense to anybody else. I had to learn that lesson for several years because as a pastor, there was no way that I could sit in the office that I do if I hadn't learned the lesson to say no. Because there are times that I will say no and it will hurt someone's feelings. That is not the intention of my heart. The intention of my heart is obedience to what the Lord has said. If I'm saying no, then oftentimes it's no because God hasn't said yes. And if I say yes to please somebody, but not fulfilling the kingdom mission. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live life happy and miss out on seeing the kingdom of God come on this earth. I don't want to settle for anything less in the world, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I've said yes when Jesus said yes, and no when Jesus said no, and did when Jesus said do, and stopped when Jesus said stop, and that when He gave the order, I followed the command, and that no matter what, when I stand before Him, I will be able to give an account with full confidence, knowing that I was faithful to fulfill what God had called me to fulfill. Because if I'll do that, if I'll make Him number one, if I'll follow him above anybody else, if I'll trust him above anything else, if I'll do what he'll see is anything else, if I'll refuse to settle for anything else, then all I will, when you say yes to Jesus and fulfilled one after the other things of God are poured out on your life, do you want everyone to like you or do you want to experience the blessings and promises of God in your life? Do you want to measure up to the world's standards or do you want to experience the outpouring of heaven's blessings, of God's favor and anointing, of God's promises and treasures in your life on this earth? Because there will be things that you and I have to say no to in order to receive what God has for us when we've said yes to Him. Because if we say yes to God, there will be things that we will have to say no to. Hmm... That wasn't in the notes. That was not in the notes. Me and Jesus having a moment. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, learn to say no. Learn to say no. There will be people that you will want to help, and you're not supposed to help. You're wondering why your resources are drained, why your energy is drained, why you're exhausted all the time. You're trying to help people that Jesus has not told you to help. And when, when God brings the people in your life that you're supposed to be helping, you can't help them because you don't have anything to offer. And you say, Connor, I'm supposed to help everyone. Yes, you are, that Jesus tells you to help. 
because there are things that God has placed within your life and things that God has equipped you with that are necessary in order to invest and necessary in order to give, to make a difference, to make an impact that goes far beyond you. When God has blessed you with something to be able to help someone else, you are the steward of it, not the owner. He said, Connor, well, how can you say I can help some, but I can't help others? Because it's not yours to give away. It's not mine to give away. He said, no two be taken care of, because trust me, God's got a way of making it happen. But also, you'll be blessed because you trusted the Lord, even when it didn't make sense. See, the problem is that so many times we miss out on the miracles of God and the blessings of God because we refuse to trust the Lord even when it doesn't make his son spawn to the mountain to sacrifice him after he'd waited a hundred years for him to come. I cannot even imagine. I just would love to know what Sarah said when he got home. We have waited for this child for a hundred years, and you march up on that mountain, and we're going to sacrifice him to the Lord? How does that make sense? It doesn't. But you know what Abraham had learned? Even when it doesn't make sense, trust him. Because when you do, you'll be blessed. And there will be times that you'll be blessed. And it will not make sense. But if you'll say no, you'll be blessed. If you'll say yes, even when it doesn't make sense, God will bless you and you won't have, you, you won't, <laughs> it won't make any sense. It won't make any sense. Refuse to settle for anything less than what God has promised for your life. The people of Amen, because two men refused to settle, one of them being the very man that was speaking these words we read today, Joshua. When ten others said, The challenge is too big, the fight is too great, there's no way we'll ever overcome. Joshua and Caleb spoke up to the leader and said, we can take them. Why? Because their eyes and their hearts had been focused on treasuring the promise that God had given. And the challenge didn't seem very large because of the countless times that they had remembered where they'd been and what God had done. When we become intentional about putting the Lord first, about following the direction that God has given us, about doing what God has called and challenged us to do, we unlock the door to walk in the blessings, the glory, and the favor of God in ways that would have otherwise not been possible. So many times we miss out on seeing the miraculous things of God because we fail to trust Him and be obedient. I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle. Tell your neighbor, don't settle. Refuse to settle for anything less than what God has said and what God has spoken. Refuse to settle to what anybody else says, what anybody else thinks, except for what the Lord has spoken and what He has declared. Verse 21, it says, But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> I wish there would be some people in this place that would say no to some of the lies of the enemy, no to some of the attacks of the enemy, no to some of the plans of the enemy, and would make a declaration in this place, I serve the Lord. <laughs> 
I serve the Lord and I refuse to settle. I refuse to serve anything else. I refuse to serve anyone else. I refuse to let anyone or anything in this world become the Lord and master over my life. There is one God, the only God, the creator of heaven and earth. He is my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I refuse to settle for anything less than what He has said, what He has promised, and what He has declared in my life. I will say no. I will throw out whatever I got to throw out. I will change whatever I got to change because I'm going to experience the promises, the blessings, the favor, and the truth of God in my life. I refuse to settle for anything less than everything that he has said is mine. And if I refuse to settle, then I'll experience the glory of God like never before. But to refuse to settle means you've got to be intentional about refusing to settle. Refusing to settle is an intentional decision. It's on purpose. I will say no. And I will not be okay with just a little. I will not be okay with just some. I want to experience all. Brother Michael, would you come? I made a decision in my life, an intentional decision to trust the Lord and to serve Jesus. At eight and a half years old, I was in a worship service, standing kind of towards the back part of the room. We were at a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night service. It was called Battle Cry Night. It was just worship, communion, and prayer. It was at a vineyard church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I was... In that moment, I received the free gift of the Holy Spirit. And I heard the the voice of the Lord, just like I'm talking to you in this room. And he said, I've called you to preach. I thought that meant that he had called me to be a pastor. I didn't know that he had called me to be a children's pastor, a youth pastor, an evangelist, a young adult pastor, an interim pastor, before I served as a pastor and even as an evangelist. (laughs) While I was preaching a revival is when the Lord called me to come and be the youth pastor of this church. And that was one of the things, like of all the things to preach, the ponder of all the things that I could preach, that was in all the different areas I could serve in the church, that was the one I didn't want. I got news for you. You tell God you don't want something and you think that that's what you're not going to do, just go on and sign up. Okay, it doesn't work quite like that. But I feel like a lot of times it does. Just don't say never. Because <laughs> the moment that you say never, God's like, watch this. This is going to be fun. God has a sense of humor. God likes to laugh. There's a reason that you laugh. It's because you were created in his image. He likes to laugh. And when you say never, he likes to say, watch this. And so I, when, I, when I got that call to come as youth pastor, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. But it was something that was necessary. And it, and it was something that I learned from the moment that I said yes to God to preach at that age. I was intentional about saying yes, even when it didn't make sense. Even when some of the people that were closest to me said, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why? I don't know. 
But my parents had modeled it for me in their life and just saying yes to God even when it didn't make sense. But it wasn't, you, you don't make the decision one time to say I'm going to serve the Lord and then just you magically serve the Lord the rest of your life. There's an intentional decision that we have to make every single day. Who am I going to serve? Is it me? I loved, I loved our lesson in the senior life group class this morning. It, it was on Haggai, and I loved the word of God that was from that. The people of God, they weren't in crazy sin. They weren't in crazy rebellion. They weren't doing all these God-awful things. They had just simply not been making God their number one priority. They were busy building their own homes and their own lives that they had failed to do what God had set them free to do, which was to rebuild the temple of God and make Him the center of their everything. And the Lord challenged them to come back. And you know what they did? They immediately repented and they did it. But it was a decision that they had to continue to make because three weeks after, they had to get up and go start cutting down timber and they had to start going in and start laying stone and they had to start building this. Making a decision to serve the Lord isn't one and done. It's continual. And it's a challenge for every single one of us. And no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, God challenges you even greater and even more because He wants every part of you. He's a jealous God, as Joshua said. He wants every part. Jesus didn't die to get half of you. When you get married, you don't want to marry half of who that person is. You want to marry all of who that person is. And if you don't, you get in the whole thing anyways. Every single day, you have to make a choice. Every single day. And the Lord will challenge you to do things. I just want to share, I want to share this testimony. And this isn't for, I'm not asking for recognition from anyone. I just want to share with you my personal challenge that God has given me and what the Lord has done for me. Can I do that this morning? And it not be seen as anything more than that? Because I want it to encourage you. Several weeks ago, the Lord put it on my heart to sow a pretty significant seed into a ministry. I had never done that of that size. I've always understood that if you give, you can't outgive Him. And I've always understood that if you will bless when God tells you to bless, then He'll bless you. I don't know how many times I've bought somebody's dinner and then I go on us tonight. Walk in and I've walked into Starbucks and they've just given me cups of coffee. They're just like, oh no, it's on. the Lord will bless you. And so I've understood, I'm like, okay, well, praise the Lord. Why? Because if you'll just be obedient, the Lord will bless you. And so I've understood that, but I've never had a large amount like that that God had put on my heart to give to do. And so I, I, I knew when the Lord said it, do it. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how, but okay. And so I made the decision to do it. Well, the Lord didn't stop there. <laughs> Because God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. And so throughout, this, throughout the next couple of weeks, up, up until this point, I've given away over 56% of, of what I have made in the last month. And every bill that I have is paid. Every gift that I wanted to get for Christmas was paid with cash. And I had money left over. Because when you refuse to settle for what you can control and you let go and you let God, He will bless you beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. I had checks coming in the mail 
not, I'm not talking Christmas cards. Some of y'all are like, yeah, you pastor, you got those Christmas cards. No, I'm talking just random. Hey, the Lord told me to. Why? Because when you trust God and you're obedient, He'll just bless. And I sat back and I thought about that and I thought, Lord, but every single time that God challenged me to do that, I had to be intentional with crucifying my flesh and being obedient to trust the Lord. God, you told me that amount, but I need this to pay for this. (laughs) How am I going to do this if I don't have that? But it's a moment of deciding, am I going to serve me today or am I going to serve the Lord? Am I going to trust me today or am I going to trust the Lord? I don't want to settle for anything less than what Jesus has because if I'll be obedient, then the blessings that God will pour out on my life won't even begin to compare to what I thought I had in my control. Tell your neighbor, be intentional. Because if you'll be intentional about serving, the God, serving God, God will be intentional about blessing you by fulfilling every promise in his word for your life. Stand with me all over this room. I want to ask this question this morning. Is there anyone here that says, Connor, I hear you talk about being intentional, serving God, of being in a relationship with God, but I don't know Jesus. I hear you talk about this love and this joy and this peace and this freedom and this life. I hear you talk about all of these exciting things, but I I don't see any of those things in my life. I'm not experiencing any of those things in my life. But I want, to, I, want, I want to do that. I want to know Jesus. I want to know what it is to have real love. If that's you this morning, I just want you to lift your hand right where you are. And I want to know to pray with you this morning. Anyone here? Amen. Say hello this morning. I want to know, do I have some people in this place that want to be intentional? That as you get ready to walk into 2019, to be intentional, not just at the start of the year, but every single day of it. To say, Jesus, today I'm serving you. I know where I've been. (laughs) I know the challenge, but I'm treasuring the promise. (laughs) Lord, I know what you've said, but God, I want to walk in the truth. I want to walk in the joy. I want to walk in the life. I want to walk in the freedom that you have called. And I'm choosing I'm deciding, I'm declaring that I refuse to settle. If that's you in this place, I just want you to lift your hands straight towards heaven and I just want to begin to pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the incredible men and women of God that are in this house today. Lord, I thank you for their, for their trust in you. I thank you, Lord, for their heart's cry. Lord, that just like your people so many years ago made the de- declaration, we will serve the Lord, that God, we will serve you. That Lord, as we prepare to enter 2019, as we look back over all you've done this year, God, as we look back over our life and the ways that you brought us up, that you brought us out, that you set us free, that you poured out your love and your grace and your mercy and your peace on us. God, we made with every part of our lives, all of who we are, not just some, but every bit of it, Lord, to walk in the truth and the joy and the love and in the power and the glory of God. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that they would have within them the Spirit of God that would rise up. Lord, that that your Holy Ghost would rise up within us and give us the strength to walk today, to serve you with all that we have. 
Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you for your promises to us. God, we thank you that we can treasure, hold on to, and receive every single thing that you have spoken, every single thing that you have done for us. God, I pray your blessings and your favor over your people. God, I pray that as they prepare to enter this new year, that, Lord, you would pour out your favor, that you would pour out your glory, that you would pour out your blessings, that, God, they would see you like they've never seen you before, hear you like they've never heard you before, and experience you like they've never experienced you before. God, I pray that every single person that's in this room that's watching today would be, Lord, immersed in the glory of God in a way like never before. And that, God, we would walk into, Lord, the fullness of every promise and plan that you have. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name.